and welcome to episode 148 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the game and community of Elite Dangerous. Uh, I'm joined tonight by Ben Adlerweiss Moss Woodward and Colin Phoenix Defire Ford. Uh, how are you, gentlemen? <laughs> I've been fine. It's been awesome. Uh, what have I been up to? I, I, uh, no, I said I went to see Logan. I went to see Smurfs. Um, I went off to see went off to see the Smurfs film. Okay, I didn't um, realize that it, was, it was a thing. It was a thing to my kids, and that makes them happy. Awesome. <laughs> so yeah, they enjoyed they enjoyed it. Uh, I've been doing yet more testing, uh, trying to do more multi crew stuff, and I've also been getting things prepared for leak meat and oh oh I I've been I actually had a right good blast literally in the community goal as well. Um, oh, yeah. Which yeah, one? I've been, a few, couple I've, I've been doing both of them, but mainly doing the oh the smuggling one. Okay. So I don't know if you can remember Commander Commander Flack is one of our listeners. And he and I were both in the truckers group avoiding nasty horrible Harry Potters. Right. Um, and we were both in the Hutton Truckers group, just flying around, and he decided to boost into the station, smuggling illegal goods, just as I was coming out. So, we, we literally bumped into each other. Right, awesome. Um, but that was good, that was actually, proved itself to be quite a fun little afternoon, uh, fun little evening, actually, because we went off and we did that, and then we went off and had some fun... Uh, doing some bounty hunting and things like that. So cool! It was it was good fun. Cool. How about you, Colin? Well, um, uh, at the moment, I'm preparing stuff for Elite Meet, even as I'm online uh, on 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 air, if you like. <laughs> I have I have three D printed models um, all over the kitchen worktop, and I guarantee I'll have to mute it when the missus comes home. <laughs> <laughs> she'll, she'll go, um, she'll probably come out with some very unladylike language, so I'll, I'll, uh, mute when that happens. When she, when she sees uh, models all over the house. Um, yes, yeah, so I might as well point out those models are 3D printed and yes. not of any other kind of variety. Um, yes, <laughs> uh, apart from that... Um, we have. Uh, I've been doing a, a top shift over over the weekend, which I had about three or f- um, actually about five or six people turn up and keep me company as I crawl my way in that sidewinder to Colonia. Wow. <laughs> and this, You're still doing yeah, this. Oh God, yes! And the space madness is really beginning to kick in. <laughs> I'm very, very, very glad that those commanders chose that weekend to that that particular time to join me, because otherwise I would probably be talking wibblefish and and <laughs> a whole lot of other madness that that goes on. I, I, I do believe it is a well-known thing that happens after a little while. That uh, if you're ex- been exploring too long, you end up talking uh. to yourself. So. <laughs> I thought I might as well just utilise that anyway. <laughs> what I found as a, a good cure for that was whenever I felt the space madness coming in, I started uh, just put the Perry Bars space unicorn onto repeat, and that just seemed to bring me back in line. Sure. What is the, no? Do, do I really want to ask what that is? <laughs> do I seriously want to ask what? Is that Chris? Can I show Colin what space unicorn is? <laughs> no, please. No, please. <laughs> Just Google it. Well, look it up on YouTube. It's probably safer. Yeah, out of hours. <laughs> yeah. Yes, because I'm still recovering. 
Yeah, and I'm still discovering it's that thing about two girls and that one cup. You know, you know thanks no. a bunch of <laughs> Colin! <laughs> oh, yeah. And then what was that blue waffle you told me? To no, look no, no, oh, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. So, he's, so I've just Googled it. Is, is Space Unicorn as bad as, um, is it like... Space uh, Unicorn is good. It's is, not is bad it, at all. It's good. It's clean. Is it like Nyan Cat? A bit like that, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a more, it's a more catchy, it's a more catchy tune. The, 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 it's actually been on Star vs. the Forces of Evil. Indeed, I can see that. Which is a Disney XD uh, show, so it can't be bad. (laughs) It can't be, it can't be inappropriate. Yeah, we'll tell that to some of the kids who are looking up Peppa Pig this week. What the hell? Yeah. It was on the BBC News that there was, okay, um, somebody had gone and done some inappropriate Peppa Pig videos. Oh, oh I've seen those. I've seen those. They're quite funny. This has been redone oh, with, quite... like, with like adult dialogue. Well, and also zombie Peppa Pig. Oh, okay. <laughs> and death, death cult Peppa Pig. Uh, everyone starts, oh, look, it's Peppa Pig because the animation's that good. Yeah. And then before you know it, Bobby! Ah, uh... Oh, I bet, Peppa I bet Pig's just decapitated. I bet the BBC were. I bet BBC were dead chuffed about that because obviously Peppa Pig's not one of theirs. Mm, yes, <laughs> it's not even shown on it, is it? Channel Five, isn't it? it? An, an, well, yeah, well, it's an independent thing, isn't it? I think Channel Five have it, or uh, one of the channels. I think BBC. I can't remember if it's BBC Wales or S4C have Peppa Pig. So uh, when we when we first had our daughter, obviously we thought, oh, let's try and see if we can find some Peppa Pig to watch. So we yeah. went online and was trying to look at Animal Crossing. Uh, sorry, someone's just... Someone's Animal just, Crossing? Someone's <laughs> thrown me with Twitch chat that's mentioned Animal Crossing. Um, uh, I think they're taking the piss because I did some weirdly adult Animal Crossing episodes. Um, yes, she has. Uh, they're not really adult. They're just sort of dark. Um, yeah, no, we, we, we went online looking for uh, Peppa Pig and I found one on like a catch up service. And then it was like, I started watching it and it was like, ah, Peppa Pig. And it's like, oh, this is the Welsh language version of Peppa Pig. Which actually, to be fair, when Eden was like a year old, that was fine. Didn't really matter. I thought maybe she'll pick up a bit of Welsh, might be handy one of these days. Um, but anyway. Uh, moving swiftly on, I think we are in danger. Yes. We are in danger of missing out on what is the big news of the week, um, which is my discovery today of the return of trios to the shops. And oh. I, you know, I think given that we are obviously accused of being, uh, you know, forum dads and a bit older because we are, you know, fans of the original elite, I suspect there may be many fans of the original elite who remember playing it while also eating trio bars. To be honest, trios were always a bit too fancy for me. Fancy? You know, we, we, we were lucky if we had a penguin. <laughs> oh, God, here we go. So Penguins? You were lucky. Yeah, quite. Here we go. Um, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, went into, I went into B&M, which is my, you know, shop of choice for yes, buying yes. biscuits. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, saw them on the shelf, and I, I immediately... I didn't quite empty the shelf into my basket, because we are on a diet, <laughs> but I did, throw, I did buy three packs. Uh, and eight, eight two of them oh, on the way I home. Love, so there you go. Cool. Not I, not I, packs, I drifters. Oh no, no, we're on the old sweet sweet things. No, I, stop it. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> drifters. I think I was slightly drifters was slightly ruined for me by the fact that um, we used to have. So the, the age I was when we went to secondary school, they'd started introducing 
like vending machines like refrigerated vending yeah. machines into schools was like it was quite a new thing um and uh yeah i remember because it was refrigerated you'd get like a drifter bar and drifters yeah, are like not good solid. cold i mean you have to use a toffee hammer to break them up um <laughs> so yeah no but for me because i've been kind of I, I wouldn't say i've been campaigning is too strong a word but i have been strongly wishing and sending my thoughts towards trios returning and i you know i'd I'd done a bit of research a little while ago and you know trios went out of circulation in something like the end like 1998 99 they stopped making them and i had i had read that there was talk of trios coming back in january of this year but i hadn't seen them so i thought maybe it was a rumor that had come to nothing but maybe maybe their delivery schedule just slipped and it has it is now it is now march and you can now get uh, trios so I'm, I'm very excited about that. I've posted about it on Facebook. I've had a lot of response from people who are also excited and remember the advert. So there you go. That is that is the big news. Oh, the advert. <laughs> that, that's basically the the, the 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 Henry the Cat-like animation where yes. they're all singing trio, isn't it? And the, yes, the bongo I was, drums. I was making my daughter watch it at dinner. She was loving it. <laughs> uh, oh, they've oh, reversed the controls. Like this is like they reversed my your and pitch controls of the camera. And uh, yeah, so the other things I suppose the other things I've been doing this week is obviously continuing to work on uh, Escape Velocity, and I've been talking to an artist this week about uh, getting some more art for Escape Velocity, which will be really exciting. He sent me some uh, outline sketches today. Nothing, nothing shareable. Nothing, you know, nothing I'm going to post on Patreon or anything like that. But uh, yeah, just to get some ideas of the sort of framing of it. And yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really cool. So this guy is a an artist who does official Doctor Who comic covers for titan books oh uh, good so he's a he's a, an exciting person to kind of have on board doing some art for me which is really cool um yeah so that's me so moving on so the news of this week we have well let's uh, let's just backtrack a little bit because i want to just cover what happened last week so last week we were talking about uh ship naming and um uh, what's, what's the name of the chat that joined us? I can't see it written down, so I've forgotten it. Uh, Commander Payne. Commander Payne. And I think Payne is with us again tonight in Twitch chat. Hello, He's Commander Payne. He's in Twitch. Um, no, actually, before we dive in, we should let people know we're not in our lo- usual location this evening. And we are actually in Tianisla next door. Or Tianisla. Uh, in the Tianisla, Tianisla, however you want to pronounce it. Let's we're call at the whole Tianisla thing 8. Off. Tianisla 8. Um... See, I pronounce it Isla because I—that's uh, I S L L A. I know, no, I'm, it's I'm pronounced Isla. In... I get it. I get it totally. So, Tian Isla for me. On a, on a related thing, I'm obviously feeling a bit off topic this evening, but you know, th- there's that whole song: <laughs> "You say <laughs> tomato and I say tomato," and then mm-hmm. "You say potato and I say potato." Who says yeah. potato? Idiots. Um, basically, songwriters who can't get anything yeah. to rhyme with potato. Because <laughs> what we should do is we should so never really change it to. You say tomato and I say tomato. You say tea and Isla and I say tea and Isla. Tea and Isla, tea and Isla, tea and Isla, tea and Isla. Let's call the whole thing off. Something that would work. Or, e- or even worse, you call it leave, I call it lave. <laughs> I know, you know, I had to grit my teeth the other day. Someone was saying, aren't you doing your, isn't it time for lave con or something? Somebody said to me. Okay. Isn't it, isn't it lave Lavicon. Isn't it la- Lavacon? Oh, yeah, that's where we all we all stand around cisterns and go, oh, look at the bend on that. 
<laughs> but yes, yes, indeed. Cool. That, that's cool. another kind of convention, I suspect, Colin. Yeah, <laughs> not, not one that I'm, I frequent. I must quickly, <laughs> quickly point out. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, so yeah. So going back to going back to ship naming. So we were discussing, and uh, Commander Payne was sort of saying uh, last week that the way they'd understood what Sandy had said was that if you hadn't paid for the uh, the ship naming decal, that mm-hmm. your your name wouldn't show up to other commanders, even on a scan, like even on the information screen. Um, and I th- this and this caused uh, not just because of lay radio, but I think actually when the when the show finished, we was kind of aware of a bit of a sort of massive reaction on the forums uh, about this and it's become you know there are every now and again on the, the the frontier forums these things which become these massively sprawling threads with everybody complaining and going this way and that way and, uh, and all that um so much so that the frontier put out a new statement uh the following <laughs> morning on the wednesday saying look we just want to clarify what's happening with the ship naming plates. Your ship's name will show up on the ship information panel when you scan somebody. It will not be visible as text on the side of the 3D model unless you buy a decal to display the name. Now, this is what... I think this is how we'd assumed that it would work. And this is Mm -hmm. how a lot of people... When Frontier then said that and provided this clarification, most people said... Yes, that's how I'd expect it to work. That sounds fine. But I don't know what um, I don't know what you guys think about this, but actually some people were quoting the original statement. And it did sound, whether they'd made a mistake in what they'd originally wrote, but from the things they'd originally said and from what Sandy had said in the Q&A, it did sound like it was definitely the plan that your ship would only appear to other players if you bought the decal. And there's the debate that's been kind of because this this thread kind of explained things very quickly, very, sorry, very clearly. But then even the explanation thread still spawned something like sixty pages of discussion oh, because of people arguing about whether this was a clarification or whether this was frontier backtracking as a result of community pressure. Can I, I just think, say, I think the- is, is there a new phone poem in progress? There isn't. We can't. We can't do them all the time. That would. That would spoil the fun of it. There was. There was a lot of entitlement, and there was a lot of salt. Um, I was. Oh. Partic- I was. If I were to pull out one comment, that I, I shouldn't really pull out. Well, I shouldn't really single one person out. But someone had said something like, because some people were saying, "Well, I'm happy to buy decal," because it got into this wider discussion about microtransactions and people buying extra things like ship kits and skins, uh, and people oh. were saying, "Well, I'm. I, you know, I'm. I like the game. I'm happy to support Frontier." And this person, one, somebody said something like. Frontier are listed on the stock exchange. No games company that's listed on the stock exchange requires support. And it, it just was such an outrageous. It seemed to suggest that that basically they should just, if they live on the stock exchange, they should just give their games away for free because they don't need the income. <laughs> oh, oh boy! Well, first of all, there's a fundamental uh, misunderstanding economy, about capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've got a fundamental misunderstanding about capitalism, what are you doing playing this game? 
Uh, oh, someone yeah. in Twitch chat said that I think that was me. Well, I, I apologise if it was you, and it might be that I, I misunderstood the text. But uh, yeah, it was it was definitely funny. It came across to me as basically saying, well, if they're if they're trading on the stock exchange, they don't need to make income from their games, which seemed to be a bit of an outrageous claim. Um, but anyway, so that is I mean that is the current situation. Uh, we can report that. So for people that have heard last week's podcast and then don't go onto the forums, I haven't been involved in the conversation, just want to make sure you've got that latest this week, which is that your ship name, when you set it in live, will appear to other commanders in the scan, um, but if you want it to be on the side of your ship, um, uh, if you want it to be on the side of your ship as like a texture, you have to go and buy the decal. But I think that's, I mean, that's only the same as, you know, ship skins or you know, or whatever. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, that, the, that's my view. I don't know if you guys have got a different view. Well, I mean, I was actually worried because of the price. There's a lot of concern about whether or not it was going to be one, you know, one nameplate per ship, which I thought would have been out of order. But then it does turn out that it's, it's going to be something like um, you buy in it, you buy these nine nameplates for two quid, and that goes across all your ships. That is Results. my understanding of it. Yeah, that's my, it's one ninety nine, and it gives you the ability to... And I think it's... It's something like three different... It's something like three different template designs, and each of those mm -hmm. three template designs is in three different colours. Uh, so effectively, you're talking about nine decals per ship, I presume, and then you've got yeah. those for all of your ships, which I think is, you know, pretty generous. Well, not not generous, but at least not... You know, I think I think it's reasonable. Um, which there's not much something you can really say about games companies at the moment. <laughs> yeah, said he's yeah. not that bitter about Dosex and everybody buying on the packs. <laughs> <sighs> but I think it's. I mean, you know, it's it's one of these things where, um, you know, it, it's a case of you know, it is a case of, and I don't think there's any way of uh, any way of resolving it. I think people are just going to decide for themselves whether Frontier originally intended to do one thing and then saw that it was unpopular, or whether they miscommunicated it in the first place, or whether you know whether there was just a misunderstanding there. I don't think I don't think we will ever get to the bottom of it. Um, so, but you know, there it is. There it is. That is the current situation. They have said that in black and white or black and yellow, depending on how you have your browser settings. Um, and yeah, that is that is the latest on ship naming. Mm. Do you know what, if we were a really slick outfit, after I said that is the latest on ship naming, we'd have cut to some sort of radio sting or jingle or something, wouldn't we? It's funny, though. I was just thinking that, but unfortunately we don't <laughs> seem to have one at, at the moment. Um, obviously, if you were listening to the Free Alliance regional telecast, uh, then you, we would have something like that. The Free Alliance Regional Telecast is my old podcast. Okay. Also, what, what, what happens if I click on this? There's radio. It's even louder than me. Wait a minute. I can't be right. Uh, do you know, every now and again, I find these files on my computer, and I think we should really use these more often, <laughs> or I should, or I should tell people that we have them. Um, let me I'll keep that window open. We might, we might play another one later. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> And I have to say, of course, huge thanks to the uh, the um, oh, my brain's gone blank. The people that make the voice, voice packs, packs. HCS yeah. voice packs. HCS uh, th voice they packs, they yes. very kindly recorded some stings for us when they had various actors in recording their voice packs. Uh, so huge thank you to them for that. Um, okay, well that's yeah, generated. Actually, have a favourite of those. 
A, a what? Do you actually have a favourite of those? Actually, one of my favourites, I have one that I did when Toby was here recording the uh, Elite Dangerous audiobooks. Um, uh, I can't remember the name of the file because I've got loads of files called Toby Longworth. I'm really hoping I called it something else. Um, ah, bah, 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 bah. Let's see if I can we find it. That. I don't think we've heard that one. Oh, I'm sure I, uh, I'm sure I shared it somewhere. The problem I've got, of course, is that I'm on uh, Windows 10. So because this is a file that I haven't played since I went to Windows 10, I'm going to have to locate it manually because the Windows search doesn't do anything. <laughs> I don't know yes. what is up with Windows 10, but you have to know a file is on your hard drive and you have to prove it to Windows 10 before it will acknowledge its existence. So anyway, moving swiftly on, we also had a very lovely thing this week from one of our listeners, uh, which... Oh, I've closed Facebook. That was careless. Is it in the show notes? It's in the show notes, isn't it? Yes. Yes, probably. Uh, we got sent an image of the night sky from somewhere like... Was it Australia? Yes, it was a southern hemisphere. Yep. It was definitely a southern hemisphere thing. Um... And they sent us a photo of the night sky, and they had marked for us the actual star, which should theoretically be Lave. Yeah, this is this is Commander Starman uh, seventeen. Starman seventeen. Uh, so he's showing that basically there is. He's obviously look, looking at the screenshot. He's got some sort of app on his phone that you can point at the sky and it, it yeah. sort of superimposes the names of various systems over the the, the night sky and um he's shown us that lave is roughly on the screenshot um on the sort of the sea of where it says centaurus so somewhere in the centaurus system is where lave should be now i'm a little bit confused about it because i was not under the impression that lave presumably it's just this is the star it's, that Lave is substituted for. Because it's not actually called Lave, is it? I don't actually know if it's the star that Lave is substituted for or if it's just the... These are the galactic coordinates of where Lave is. Who gives the monkeys if it's actually there Fair in enough. real life or not? Fair but so if you look at these are the coordinates for that star... And that's where that star would be. That's if where it, it should there. be. Yeah, yeah. Because I think yeah. obviously the original, the galaxy map in the original Elite wasn't in any way based on a real galaxy. It was yes. just was just a randomly generated thing. And you happen to start in a system which is called Lave. And uh, I mean, I, I, although I don't know, we've never actually asked David Braben whether those those starting star systems in in Elite were hand coded. Do you know what I mean? Because it's kind of the beginning no, of the no, game. They were- I think they were all procedurally generated because there wasn't enough space within the... Uh, that would be my assumption. Yeah. There would not have been enough space But I mean, there's, there's procedurally generated and procedurally generated, isn't there? Because I, mean, I know that some games companies, uh, like even now when they create randomly generated landscapes, is you randomly generate it and then you look at what that random generation has given you and you find interesting places to put your designed content. Do you understand what I mean? Fun. Yeah, because funny you mentioned that because Mike Singleton, when he was doing um, Doom Dark's Revenge, um, that's exactly what he did. Mm. Um, he wrote an engine to generate the the map for Icemark, which is the follow. And um, for those of you who don't know, it's a follow up to Laws of Midnight, an old Spectrum game. And I'm really, really showing my age. Um, <laughs> although it is available on the, on the, uh, the the app stores at the moment. Um, yeah, and what he would do is he wrote instead of actually going through and hand coding 
um, sixty-four thousand or six thousand locations, and it's it's appropriate number of eight views. I think it was something like forty-eight thousand views. Mm. He actually just wrote a generator, and and when he looked at the map, and went, uh, no, next generation, no, yeah. no, well, that looks like it. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, that's exactly right. And in fact, interesting. I mean, yeah, this is getting really off topic now. But I, my, a friend of my brother's, once on the Amiga as a project, he wrote a piece of software to encrypt um, images. Because this was back in the days before, like image encryption was was kind of you know the standard thing. We used to mm. use um, basically uncompressed images, and they were always very large. So he was working on a lightweight uh, image compression thing, and he came up with a system of generating random seeds. And he, what he would do is he would wait, wait for a, se- a sequence of random numbers that most closely approximated the image, and then all he would do is save the pixels that that random seed didn't account for. So most of the image was stored just as a seed number, and then oh, right. he, he stored like the exception uh, pixels in an array. And it was massively efficient. Oh. The problem is, the problem with it was, it took about two hours to encode a photo. Obviously, the Amiga didn't have a huge amount of processing power. The thing that was great about it was reproducing the picture from the in, in, uh, the uh, compressed file was really fast because you just generate the random seed. But working out what the random seed needed to be, because he was going through like five million numbers just looking for this random seed that happened to look like the photo that he was trying to encrypt. Uh, but it's a very, very cool, very cool bit of code. But anyway, th- so that was my question about Elite: was whether or not the whole thing was randomly generated, and whether Lave was chosen as a starting location just on a whim, or whether because those five systems that you get within that original jump circle represent mm. a pretty good introduction to the game. I mean, there's oh, some yes. good, there's some good trade routes there. There's a good mix of of, <coughs> of, of anarchy and legal systems. Uh, you can, you know, you can get around a bit without you know having to kind of jump sort of too far it's a really good starting location and because what, what i was saying was that you know sometimes you get these games that they generate like a whole like real history obviously the world is generated according to the rules of ecology and you know landscape movement and then people build castles in the places that are most appropriate to build castles do you see what I mean? So in a game, yep. you look at the landscape you're given and think, where's an interesting place for me to put my game content? So I'm just wondering if which way around it is, really. Well, I, I, I mean, I do... Su- yeah, go on, Ben. I wouldn't be at all surprised if David and Ian, when they were looking at their generated galaxy, looked around all the well, 256 time to the power 8... No, uh, 8 Galaxies, 256 times (coughs) 8. Excuse me. Um, All those those systems and then said to themselves, you know, that little area there looks like a good starting point. Let's start there. Yeah, 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 absolutely. We need to put it on the list. Next time we we get to see David Bowman or talk to him or ask him questions, we should should remember this. We should write this down. (laughs) I do do remember him saying in an interview before that um, the one of the things they had to do is they had to go through all the generated text for every single of those 256 times 8 planets. Mm. That was 1,048, wasn't it? 1,048 systems. No, it's more than that. 2,096. And uh, no doubt someone in the the Twitch chat is telling me off bad maths. But... (laughs) 
but they had to go through each of the the lines of text to make sure there weren't any swear words that the uh, that the procedural generation had chucked out. Yeah, you do have to be careful with these things. It's particularly difficult now with, of course, the internet and everything, because not only do you have to do that, you also have to check it in loads of different languages. Thanks, Ben. What did You're you welcome. do? You're <laughs> welcome. Yeah, it reminds me that I shouldn't 2048. be. Two thousand and forty-eight. Reminds me I shouldn't be a programmer anymore. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, we also have, in terms of people sending us pictures of things, we have a what is to me an enormously painful-looking tattoo that somebody's had done. Um, mm. Do either of you guys know more about tattoos than me? Um, well, put it this way. I, I, I respect people that go through the pain of putting in very, very elegant tattoos. I would never have one myself. Ben? I'm probably in the same kind of boat as Colin. Okay. <laughs> oh, I thought you have. Well, you might, I thought you might have one tucked away somewhere, Ben. I don't know why I had that impression. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you had that impression either. <laughs> it's a barcode yeah, yes, from some previous list. That's better than I was going to go. I'll accept that. I was going to say I've got, yeah. a, I've got some, a butterfly hidden away somewhere or something. <laughs> you got a stamp. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, this uh, so what's what's his name? Commander Yuri Vincent Nakamura, Knight. Uh, yep. Vincent Knight has had a the Falcon de Lacy logo uh, tattooed on his I really hope arm. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, just before we move on, um, particularly since uh, I think if somebody is listening to this podcast, probably good to uh, give them the shout out and the warning sooner rather than later. Uh, a reminder that it is Elite Meet this weekend at the uh, Mercure Hotel down in Bristol. There will be a gathering of Elite Dangerous Commanders. Uh, I believe there are still tickets if you go to EliteMeet.info. Um, I don't think there are rooms in the hotel if you want to stay on the Saturday night, but there are, I believe, hotels in the vicinity. If you go to EliteMeet.info, there is an accommodations tab uh, which you can check. Uh, and if you want to go, and, the, and basically, it's, if you've never been to an elite meet uh, or, or LaveCon or any of the kind of community meetup, it's a fantastic community. It's a great group of people. Uh, if you are in the Bristol area, or even if you're not in the Bristol area, if you are within a reasonable visiting distance of the Bristol area, do come along because it's going to be a fantastic day. It's going to be great fun. Um, there's going to be lots of games and chat and, and, and all kinds of interesting things happening. Um, and it should be absolutely brilliant. I will be there. Ben will be there. I, I, will, I will be there. Yep. Uh, Colin will be there, hopefully. Uh, although I think his missus has just come home and discovered all of the 3D printed models all over the house. Um, so if he's not there, well. well <laughs> we now know why. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so there you go. Um, ben, what's this link that says pro and con? Oh. So this is going into the sh into the into the show notes into the two point five beta stuff. Yes, it is. Yes. So we, we had two point five beta coming in today. Um, today was it? The pardon. It was today, was it? It it was today. Um, basically, a whole lot of fixes. I think my favourite. <laughs> the sound of this. I think all of our favourite be... was this one. <laughs> Yeah, the female suffocation sounds are now now played when running out of oxygen. <laughs> and, yeah, I will completely agree. I, I'm sure a woman 
getting choked sounds different <laughs> than a man getting choked. It's something I've never thought about before, and I probably am quite glad I never did. But uh, I guess it's something Frontier has to really think about. I'll, I'll be honest, it's something I've come across once or twice. Um... <laughs> Just you know, just in passing. Yeah. Just, uh, although obviously, okay. you know, obviously in the recording and making of audio drama, I do stress. Obviously. I do stress to people as well that if you are recording like reaction sounds to things like fighting, or if someone is running and out of breath, it's very useful to have the actor actually record those sounds rather than try and use sound effects of somebody getting yeah. hurt or breathing because actually you know as human beings we're very attuned to hearing the differences between a person's you know human sounds and movement is essentially what our brains are wired up to recognize so if you have a sound effect of someone breathing and it's not the person breathing that you've had playing the part actually most people can tell so uh, so having the difference between male and female suffocation on your avatar actually is quite a big <laughs> it, makes, it makes perfect sense i mean I'm, I'm sure you'll you'll back me up here but yeah i can recognize you know silly things like the side of like of which son of mine is there rather than which you know rather than to the one just by the way yes. they're breathing absolutely absolutely or by and the way they walk just by hearing the way they're walking you know or, who it is or, or the suffocation sounds you know whichever <laughs> well i don't <laughs> think i've ever listened to my son suffocating <laughs> thankfully um and i don't particularly want to no no, no oh, I, that's one of the things i used to hate with uh we did uh sorry, like this, or something no 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 we did this is getting well off topic this is getting into like a parenting show um but we did baby led weaning with eden which is where you don't bother with like the mashed food stage you just give them right. like small pieces of whole food and the baby takes them and learns to eat them and one of the things that baby learns is the your gag reflex is trained so you have to kind of sit and watch your baby kind of gagging on food. And they and all the advice about it, all the health advice is don't panic. You think they're choking. They are not choking. They, you know, if they if they're making noise, they're not choking, essentially. Uh, and they learn okay. to bring them, they learn to bring them food, the food out of their mouth themselves. And that's how you learn not to choke on food. But it's it's a horrible experience to go through. It's genuinely terrifying. Um, and I think if we hadn't done baby first aid before we started weaning i don't think we'd have been brave enough to do it um yeah. but there you go but anyway what, what i wanted to say about this the female suffocation thing is presumably then this has been a thing up till now where if you chose a female body for your pilot in the days before hollow me presumably there's only ever been male breathing slash suffocation sounds in the game is that a thing i have i I assume it is. I know that when you lose your cockpit, you can hear yourself breathing through the mask and things like that. And I guess now they've got a woman breathing yeah. there instead or something. Um, I've never actually gotten to the stage, though, where they're dying and choking. Um, and I'm not really inviting <laughs> people to go and do that to me while I'm sitting in my cutter. Because I've already died and lost far too much money, even though this is beta. I have. I've, I have previously. Uh, I had a compromised cockpit, and the only place I could land for some reason was a mm. planetary surface. And literally, I hit the pad with about five seconds air. Oh wow! Left in the ship. That was a bit tight. Yeah, that is a wee bit tight. Yeah. 
So someone's saying in Twitch chat, uh, I hope they taught you, someone said, I have pediatric first aid, forget that for a laugh. I hope they taught you how to clean the voice first. I'm making it sound like this is a really dangerous thing to do with children. It really isn't. Look up baby led weaning. It's a, a very recommended way of teaching your children to eat. Um, but yeah, I imagine it's... Uh, uh, quite scary, quite scary prospect. Some uh, Ignatius Riley is asking, "Where the hell are you guys? We are still in Tianisla. Uh, ben, which uh, rings are we in? We are in Tianisla Eight. Tianisla so Eight. Tianisla Eight. Um, the there is a high res um, mining area here. Yep. And Ben has an yeah, idle I'm cockpit. Just... I do, ben has an idle turret because I'm not really paying any attention to the game. Can you get out the cockpit so I can shoot things then? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we've got we've got some people from in the IRC chat oh, saying yeah, they're going to um, oh. Elite Meet. Uh, so, Hi, IRC. Commander Baxter no, will be there. Cool. Uh, Commander Tiatame is saying, I do need to get to an event sometime, though. Yes, there is also LaveCon at the end of June. Uh, do come to that. Um, yeah, I'm really hoping uh, that I'm going to get the uh, Tiny Epic Galaxies expansion in time for LaveCon. They're shipping beginning of June, so hopefully exciting. Moving on. So, sorry, Ben, what was this pro-con thing? Is right, this to do well, with multi-crew rewards? Yeah, this is to do with multi-crew rewards. Um, one of the things that was, in some respects, quite nice was, let's say I invite you to my crew and we go off bounty hunting and things like that, then you were basically, you were getting an, the same amount of money for the person, for the bounty as was being. If it was a million credit bounty, then I was getting a million credits and you were getting a million credits. And Frontier have gone off and changed that so that presumably um, the crew member in the cockpit gets a million credits and then the person in the turret or in the fighter gets a percentage of that based off of their combat rank. So in other words, so... Okay. So they're going to change things then? They've gone off and changed things. Um, so, yeah, I'm currently dangerous. And let's, let's pretend you're mostly harmless. I kill something that's a million credits. And I'd get the full mo million credits and you'd maybe only get 200,000 credits of it instead. Wait, so if your elite rank is lower, you get less money? Well, this is, and this is obviously... The comment s literally says... Bounty, bounty vouchers and combat bonds are now awarded to multi-crew ba members based off of their combat rank. Yes. So that, that is all we have to go on. Okay. Um, but actually, we could have... We could have, have we've done some bounty hunting. Can, I, can we see... Let's go and have a look at the logs. Oh, I can't can have see... A look at our, I can't see my income while I'm in the turret, so I have to come out of uh, the turret to see have, the side we'd have, Actually, yeah, we need to actually leave the... No, I okay, can bring, we, I can bring we, up we the session report. Can you? Yes, I can I leave, the, leave the No, it's there. Okay, how do we how do we look at the session report? So go to your left-hand screen, go to transactions and there is a thing that says session report and you can click on it. Oh, I see. Uh, there we go. And it brings <coughs> it up. So I have 121429 from the little bit that I've done tonight. So 121429 bounty in bounty claims. Yes. And I've got 400,000 so I've got you've got about a quarter of the 
of the bounties, about a, a quarter of the rewards that I've gotten. I'm going to get onto my union about this. <laughs> so, but what what is your combat rank? So my combat rank is expert. Right, and I'm dangerous. So expert is I don't know how. I don't, it's lower. I don't isn't know it? the ranks of. It's lower. Two ranks lower. lower. Right. Although there is a chance, actually, because this is beta, and I only went up to expert recently in live, so there is a chance that I was lower than expert when we started this evening. Although I don't see a rank up message, so I don't think that must have been so another. You, well, if you if you look in your right hand panel, you'll be able to see your status. I know I'm on zero percent on on uh, expert, so I think it has <laughs> okay. literally only just done it. Um, right. So you know, there's obviously some people are up in arms about this because. Mm. It's like what? What the hell? You know, why am I suddenly getting you know quarter of the amount of of uh, bounties that someone else is getting? Mm. Whereas other people are saying, actually, this is a really good thing because let's say I'm a introductory, I'm a, it's an introductory pilot, then they are not getting completely handheld up through several bazillion credits yeah and I, yeah i kind of know the thing i mean it goes back to old you know mmos of this thing of because it actually i mean i find it ruins it for you as a player um if you join like a multi like i, I used to play muds which is probably the last time i did any kind of mmo properly um <laughs> yeah. and you would join as a level one player and like, yeah, so I, I think I got to like level five and then I joined a guild and my mate who was in a guild says, oh yeah, you're in our guild now, I can give you this stuff. And he just dropped masses and masses of like high level equipment on me. It was low enough level that I was, that's annoying, I was low enough level that I was allowed to use the equipment. It wasn't like out of my rank, but it was obviously equipment that I wouldn't have been able to acquire for myself. And I think it kind of takes something away from the game because you haven't, I mean, we've had this debate before about Elite Dangerous, about dropping gold on people and uh, allowing people to buy ships that they haven't kind of earned themselves. Is it, it, it kind of denies you that experience of playing the game. Uh, yes, I completely do, yeah. agree. But at the same because time, it seems one... counterintuitive that you would get less money for killing someone who is way out of your league. Uh -huh. Well, to tell you the truth, unless you actually kill them all by yourself, it was part of a team effort. And so, you know, it, it seems to true me... For multi, it's, yeah, it's true for multi-crew, actually. So it, it, it does feel like, you know, it breaks it down by rank. And the last thing you want is basically inflation, where, you know, you have one newbie <laughs> yeah. who starts starts off, links up with an elite-rated other player. And, and uh, yeah, because I know exactly what you mean. We had that problem in SOTOR, where basically you would just join a guild, you'd get tons and tons of um, rare items, and you would end up missing out the first sort of, I think, 20 levels or so, which mm. ironically for MMOs are the most interesting, because basically you've got to try and hook the player in in the first 20 hours. No, it is. And that's why um, one of the Dragon Quest games, uh, one of the handheld ones, which one is it? I think it's Dragon Quest... Uh, it's Sentinel. I think it's Sentinels of the Starry Skies. I can't remember which number it is. But but what happens is it's a story that's told from the perspective of four different groups of characters. So what mm -hmm. you do is you start the stuff the story and you play this group of characters through their first five to ten levels, and then the story changes perspective and you do the level one grind with another group of players. So you actually get to play those first ten levels four times. And it's actually 
really interesting because it's the most i think those first 10 levels like you say that is the most interesting part of developing your role-playing character and actually the one of the one of the reasons that game is so highly rated is because you get to do that really exciting early grind four times Mm. and then what happens is all the characters come together and you form a single party that are all like level 10 or whatever um but yeah it's it's really cool but i think because i mean i've I've sort of i've said this before but I, i do something is true that i feel i missed out a little bit with elite dangerous because we were kickstarter backers and I, I got the Cobra as a starting ship. I never played the beginning of the game that gets you into a Cobra. Yeah. So all the stuff I, with trying to make ends meet in a Sidewinder, and all you know, ships like the Hauler and the Adder, and even the Viper to an extent, even though Viper does, you know, does have its role, I've kind of skipped those, and there's no real reason for me you know, to, to go back and do them. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean, because um, when I started off my Xbox Commander, I didn't have any of my Kickstarter bonuses. So basically, um, I started up with a scr- the Sidewinder, and I found myself really enjoying getting up to the to the Cobra so that, you know, I could then afford to, afford, I can then use the Cobra to grind up for an advanced discovery scanner to put back on the Sidewinder to head to Colonia. So um, yeah, I do. I do think as Kickstarters, we actually kind of missed out on something a little bit interesting to yeah. begin with. To be honest, yeah. Um. And I have to. I kind of viewed my jumping in in the Cobra <laughs> with ten thousand credits or whatever it was a bit like a. Okay, thank you very much for starting in a Sidewinder the past five months. No past year maybe and mm. us deleting your save and coming back and doing it again and deleting your save and doing it again and deleting your save thank you very much you no longer have to start in the sidewinder again <laughs> well <laughs> there is the that. problem with that the problem with that was that uh, they kept on saying oh we're going to have to do one final wipe before we launch the game on the 16th yes. and then they changed their mind at the last moment which yeah. really wound me up because I felt I was two weeks behind everybody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I will agree there. Yeah. Someone in um, someone in Twitch chat is saying that they're they're starting Cobra. It says a glitch put my free Cobra in a station I couldn't reach in my sidewinder. That's interesting because when when we had the original, maybe they've changed it now because obviously we were there from from quite early on. But I remember when I created my first game in beta. My starting thing said, what ship do you want to start in? And I selected the the Cobra. So I didn't have to go and get my free Cobra. It was my starting ship. So I don't know if they changed that for somebody else or or what. Well, I I do remember it's all starting at... You could choose to start at Shinatra, at at Desra with a a decent Cobra. And I think that's what the majority of us did. I know I remember bumping into both Alan and uh, and Fozzer quite a lot around Shinatra, Desra. Because mostly because Fozzie kept on kept on getting friendly with the Dark Wheel and then finding himself locked out of the main station, that was which was always amusing. That was funny. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. that. That was quite funny. That was yeah. And sorry, Commander Ignatius Riley. Well, kind of sorry. Do we do we have do you have access to any of his adverts, Chris? <laughs> Uh, he's just gonna, he, he went off and took a pot shot at me and everything just kind of killed him instead 
I'm sorry. If, you, if he's taking a pot shot at you, he deserves everything he got. I, I don't know if he meant to take a pot shot at me. He just kind of did, did it. <laughs> no, nope. you deserve not? everything you get. Oh, but we we love Commander Ignatius J. Riley anyway. I've got oh, fish. We, do. <laughs> fish we, we, we we love fish. Yes, fish I've is good. Fish. Should we play fish? Let's play yeah. fish. Let's take a wee bit of break and we will play fish. See you in a moment. On the far side of the bubble, on the dark side of an airless moon, on the slightly more interesting side of a ravine, there lived the engineer. The engineer can make your lasers more powerful. Your engines speedier and your gas tank really really big what do you want i want fish wait what that's right fish carp char chub jack loach crabby muckabate prickleback soul snook snake tang wahoo wabagum banjo banga snook soul shad scat Come on by with the long nose cat. Noodlefish, nibblefish, northern squad. Huma, huma, nuka, nuka, wapa, wapa. What about Swedish fish? Why the hell not? Thanks, mister. You're in the wrong commercial. Well, shit. Fish, because, you know, space. That never gets old. That's great. It, it doesn't. <laughs> And, and and he is awesome, and we love him, and thank you so much for it. Yeah. yeah. I come to the conclusion that a craving for fish is the first sign of space madness. <laughs> <laughs> I put that on my blog going out, going that, you know, the first sign of space madness is when you start desiring a f- uh, large amount fish. of fish. Yeah, yeah it seems reasonable to me. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and, so... Sorry. Yeah. So, but anyway, going back to the the, the splitting the uh, the kills bounties, this has been kind of a this has definitely been a controversial feature. Um, I, I can't even. I can't even. I, I, I need to give a language warning for uh, if we're going to read out what somebody said on <laughs> yeah. Reddit well, about we it. We are. Af- you you could maybe. No, I, do you know, I don't like a single letter. Do you know I don't like to because yeah, what what the actual f f dev uh, putting putting the f into f dev there? Um, <laughs> someone was someone was very unhappy about the um, yes. So do you not realise this was a huge thing for newer players? This is the reason why my friends were not were going to get back into elite. This is why they liked the game, and we didn't have to worry about lovely things like this. Not lovely things. Not making enough music credits because we're wing of three. We got Jack. Lovely things. Now you want to. <laughs> Chris, can you read Lovely this piece of music, Nerf please? Again? Yeah, I should do. <laughs> anyway, I mean, so some people are are very unhappy uh, about the, the the splitting of money in multi-crew. Um, I don't know. I think it's one of these... Th- we've sort of said this before a little about, bit about beaters, and I don't think the beaters are necessarily picked up enough to completely balance it. I think it's one of these features we just have to try it and... You know, if I mean, Frontier record all kinds of metrics about what players are doing, and I think if you know if they find that people aren't multi-crewing because the share of the money is a huge issue, 
then they'll change it. Or if I, you know, if they think people are getting too much money and they're suddenly seeing <coughs> like like harmless ranked players in you know in in Corvettes because they're racking up huge amounts of money, then again, you know, they'll change it again. So I think it's. I, th- I think these are one of these features you can't you can't design it. You have to put it out there in the wild a little bit uh, and let it play out and see what actually happens. Um, I think you know we're we're all ready to be proved wrong about all kinds of things, aren't we? Mm. I mean, one thing I, that um, I was I was playing around with CQC tonight with uh, uh, when Ed Lewis was doing the um, uh, the live stream, and one of the things he said is that, that he knows that. Uh, the frontier know that the CQC is not not being used as much as as they had hoped for, um, and the main reason that they're not developing any more of it, or that it's not a priority at the moment, is because people aren't using that functionality, and you get the impression that that will be the same multi crew. If people don't use it, it will just be left as it is, and and they'll just move on to the next thing. I don't know. I think they always balance it, though, don't they? There's always there's always tweaking and things like that going on. But I, yeah, I get I get what you're saying. There are lots of things that they've kind of put in place that have just fallen by the wayside a little bit. Mm. Um, I was I was I was amused in the um, the change log to see a reference to um, power play because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I genuinely forgotten that power play existed. I really, I really, like, you know, if I were to sit down and think about what are all the things you can do in Elite Dangerous, I, you know, I genuinely would not have remembered Power Play was in the game. Well, you see, that's the thing. I would, I probably would do Power Play, but only after I've done everything else. And I have, that, I've no, nowhere see, near I'd done everything else I'd rather do CQC yet. than Power Play. I mean, mm. I think CQC actually is a bit of, it's such a damn shame, because... Okay, it's a lot of work, I think, that's needed to, to turn it into something good. But CQC has got so much potential. And I don't want to say it's a little work, because it isn't. It's a lot of work. But with a lot of work, it could be damn fun. Well, the, the thing is, it is damn fun at the moment when you get a full group. Yeah. On a Tuesday night, when they do these live streams uh, and the, the servers get full, it's, it's, it's a good thing to play. The main mm-hmm. problem, of course, with it is... When it's not a Tuesday night and there's not a full group, yeah, and but as I understand it, you know, putting in a bot, for example, we might just say, well, why don't you make it bot? Ma- give bot matches. It's not as simple as that, apparently, and that's a it's a crying shame, but it's not. Mm. Yeah, um, well, I, don't know. I, I haven't heard anything official on that. It's interesting if there was a. I mean, because one of the things that I always slightly bemoan is that uh, with with the sort of you know the internet coming into games is that nobody co- bothers coding land support anymore. Yes. And there are a few of us. There aren't many of us, but there are some people out there who still enjoy a good land party. I mean, despite the fact that I notoriously live under my rock and don't play multiplayer games. I go to LAN parties and I play multiplayer games with other people because, for me, that's how I really enjoy you know, playing multiplayer games. And it's a real shame that something like Elite not only requires an internet connection, but actually there's no kind of guarantee over matching. Because if we went to something like Fragland, which is uh, the LAN party that is run by um, Harry, um, who Commander Han Moore 
who does the land at things like LaveCon and uh, whatever. Um, you know, if we could play CQC in a LAN at Fragland, we would absolutely love it. It would be amazing. That's the sort of thing that we would play for hours at a LAN party. I would love to, I'd be so interested to find out if there's any way we could get a setup for how Frontier do their CQC matches. They, you know, it's at, when they're at conventions, they have a bank of eight PCs all basically constantly playing with each other. But I don't know how they how they did that or how it gets set up or but if if we could get access mm. to that and the ability to do that, that would be so cool. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, didn't have one of the leaf cons we had our own private server or was that? Uh, the, that was that the first yeah. one in well, it was the, the second one, wasn't it? It was still in wasn't it still in beta still or still in alpha. Alpha beta, yeah. It, so yeah. Um, in they, catering. They, yeah, yes. they they were able to bring a self-contained server because it was still very much in development. Um, I, I don't believe there is a live version of the game that, that supports that particularly. Um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, it's one of the things. And it is one of these things. I mean, I, I totally understand why game developers don't code land support anymore because land parties are really minority. <coughs> use now i mean it's you know it used to be that that land support was the only way that you could play a lot of multiplayer games and actually online gaming was the kind of the slightly niche thing and obviously with with faster internet and that sort of thing it's you know it's massively swung the other way but i do think it's a, you know i do think it's a shame but it is nice when games work at land parties and that's why sometimes when you go to these land parties you find people are still playing things like Counter Strike and Quake Three, so Starcraft and, and stuff. Yeah, because those, those work on a LAN, and that you know yeah. that's what you well, want. Here's here's one for you. Did you play Civ Three Gold? No. So in Civilization Three, we had the ability to play with each other via email. Oh, uh, play by mail. That was brilliant. Yeah, 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 yeah I love that. Love that. That was the. Uh, that was like Julian's old uh, Laser Squad Nemesis game. Which oh, was a, that as well? the back end of it was email, which is why when mm. the game, oh, wow. which is why the, when the game was, it used its own email server, which is why right. when the game went offline, they took down the the, the email service. But um, some people worked did a workaround for it. When you submitted your turn, because it was a it was a turn based game, when you submitted your turn, it actually saved your turn in a folder, and then you could go and find that file and email it to your opponent, and they could drop it into their game and play it, and then and that sort of thing. So, yeah, <laughs> that's very bizarre. Um, yeah, um, but ironically, I mean CQC. I remember them talking about having some kind of esports server or esports service with connection to CQC, and the potential for that is still there. I think mm. it's just you know, and it just needs a little bit of love. I think. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. It does. I mean, ironically enough, actually, just while we're talking about um, oh PvP and stuff like that, I've recently installed the new Unreal Tournament. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's basically... Oh, I think I've just seen Commander Payne blow up and die. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. That's a lot Payne of by name. Yes, I'll be coming up on the Twitch stream in a second. Well, now, if you're on the Twitch stream. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, the Unreal Tournament is being actively developed again by the 
by both the community and by Epic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I played and, it actually. I downloaded the um, single player alpha. Had some okay. bot, had some bot matches in it and a training tutorial. Uh, uh, yeah. So I I played through the training tutorial last night and I got Ooh. my ass whipped um, by the I don't know what the actual they were difficulty two point something bots, but yeah, that that hurt. Um, yeah. They were very, very good, and it felt quite satisfying to actually kill one of them. I do love Unreal Tournament, though. Unreal Tournament, because uh, yeah, all the Fragland the guys, all the Fragland one. guys are all kind of really into Quake Three. But I have to say, for me, Unreal Tournament always had the the slight edge over Quake Three. Me too. It was just the physics, the physics and the weapons. I just thought were, were more satisfying in in Unreal Tournament. Yep, I just I, I I'm the same. I far prefer the Unreal. Um, universe and games over the Quake ones. You know, it's terrifying how old that game is now. It's almost 20 years well, since Unreal Tournament came for, out. Almost. Yeah, we'll be UT, UT99. So, yeah. wow, God. And of course you had the original Unreal before that, which was another awesome game. And that's such a good... I love the storyline in Unreal. And <laughs> I, never pl- I never played Unreal 2, uh, but I heard very bad things about it. Um, which is a shame. Anyway, uh, yeah. dra- dragging ourselves back to Elite Dangerous Beast of Five. <laughs> okay, okay, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, is there anything else in the changelog that we think is of note? Well, I'm just glad they managed to sort out the uh, the portraits and the communication window because that was really doing my head <laughs> What What was broken with yeah. it? Well, basically, the formatting was wrong. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. I, actually, you can maybe tell me this, Chris. If you have yep. a quick look in your game, yep. I'm seeing, and I don't know how it is for anybody else, but if you look in the Twitch stream, you'll see I see everybody's message coming through twice at the moment. So I can see Commander Baron de Cabe Taub has said, I think he carried twice. And he said, I think he carried, I think he carried. No, I only see Commander it from. Okay, so I wonder if it's because you're in my... Because I'm in a multi-crew or something like that, or Maybe. I don't know what that is, but I'm seeing everyone's messages twice, which is a bit annoying. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd seen people talking about there being double messages, but I didn't know what they were talking yeah. about. So, but I, I've, I've been flying using the debug cam, which is interesting. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh no, my, yeah. head, my, head, my head tracker's got inverted somewhere on the line. That's upsetting. Okay. <laughs> oh, speaking yeah, of... No, there wasn't anything... Yes? Speaking of Ed Trekker, because uh, somebody was talking in uh, the Twitch chat about we should do a show on Lave Radio about all the various peripherals and controllers and things that you can add to Elite Dangerous. We have actually been planning on doing that um, for some time. We've been sort of thinking about there's all these different add-ons and different things that you can use to enhance your Elite Dangerous experience. And I do think it is quite a big uh, area. I think it is quite a big and confusing area for people. Um, and, and we are planning on doing that at some point. It just... I don't know if you can tell, but we we don't do a massive amount of preparation <laughs> for these shows. I mean, you know, Ben does fastidiously produce notes for us, um, but I wouldn't say that we necessarily rehearse or research all that much. I was expecting you to say read them there. We don't read them. We don't read them either. We don't, we don't read them either. No, no, no. Um, but what I will say is uh, the Ed Tracker is absolutely fantastic. Uh, uh, peripheral piece of kit. If you don't know what the Ed Tracker is... Uh, it is a small box which you can attach to your headset or your head. 
um, and it basically gives you the ability to control the game using your your head movement. That might not seem obvious what it's useful for, but what you can do is you can bind the head tracker to your ability to look around in the cockpit, and it means that you can look up, down, left and right as if you were using the mouse to look around. Um, and I have to say, for me, it is an absolutely essential piece of kit. Ed Tracker are one of our two sponsors for Lavecom 2017, the other being the uh, ED RPG. Um, and the Ed Tracker is an absolutely, for me, it is the it is the one thing other than my joystick. Obviously, it is the one thing that I cannot play Elite Dangerous without. I totally recommend it. Um, but yeah, at some point we're going to do a show where we talk about lots of the other things going on. Um, there's things like the there's that really cool little surface that you can get for um, tablets where you get like buttons that you can push to control your ship. I need, I need to learn more about that because that looks really cool. There is obviously voice attack. There is the HCS voice packs. Someone's talking about Toby. I'm not sure what Toby oh, that, is. That, that's the eye tracking one. That's an eye tracking one. Okay, brilliant. Um, there are other there's things. There's also Trinus. There is Trinus. Trinus if you want to get, yeah, there is the whole. Um, low budget VR thing that Colin has been working on. Uh not just Colin, lots of people, but Colin has been oh, no, lots of people have been yeah, working yeah, on that absolutely. one. <laughs> and I'm a bit behind the times with that one at the moment. Yeah, now. yeah. Uh so yeah we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do that. Um what's that? I want to hear Jarvis argue with Cecil for an hour. Oh right yeah. <laughs> Just do a show of me me arguing with HS voice packs, absolutely. Um yeah, so that that is definitely something we're going to do at some point. Um, I think we're we're kind of short, a little bit short on news though this week. Um, do you guys have anything else you want to cover in the beta five changes before we wrap up? I think I'm good. Yeah, I think I'm happy. Awesome. Uh, um, so community corner. What's this thing about? Uh, oh, it's a video, is it? Oh, uh, okay. Oh uh, yes, Elite, it's, it's Elite Dangerous. Awesome yeah, it's an awesome video. Uh, I can put it in after... I can play it in Twitch after we've done Gownet News for the Twitch guys, but it would kind of suck for the audio listeners. But it's an awesome, awesome video, and you should watch Elite Dangerous Speed on YouTube. Uh, it's just it's a funny video that some guys have done, and it's doing some good work with the uh, the multi-crew... Not the multi-crew cam camera, the uh, vanity camera with yes. multi-crew. And... I don't know how they did it, but they've got voices. They're doing some kind of lip sync, and obviously it's not all in Elite Dangerous. It's in some other game as well, I suspect. But it's really oh, funny. interesting. Oh, I'll have to have a look at that myself. Uh, so we're going to put the link for that in the show notes. Indeed. On, on the website. So if you are listening to the podcast, uh, you can go to the post on laveradio.com for episode 148, and links to a lot of things we've been talking about will be in there. Um, yeah. Is that is that the same video as Vindicator Jones? I think that's a different one because the one I've seen didn't have any kind of voice. It did have voices, but it didn't have any lip syncing or anything. Yeah, well, no, um, yeah. no this is oh. by Com Commander Ascorbius. All oh, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the description is: so Jane's out of town, and Ascorbius takes the vulture out in a quick run for, out quickly for to run a couple of errands. He probably should have checked a few things before uh, before tearing across the stars. Um, and well, Jane will never know. Uh, and well, Jane will never know. And besides, what's the worst that could happen? Cool. So it's it's a fun little video. 
it made me smile. Yeah, cool. Go check it out. I think that's us. Do we have any questions? Um, I do not see any questions via Twitch. I do not see any questions via Twitter. I do not see any questions via IRC. So if I've Ooh. missed you, now is the time to shout. What's up? We've gone over. We've gone over the thing on the 29th of April, have we? No, we have not. We have not, Colin. Ah. Well, yes. Apparently, um, it's just been announced. Well, it was announced over the weekend that the final part of the oh, good grief, Formidine Rift. I think I got it right that time. Thank you, Mister Commander Witherspoon, for mentioning it last week. Um, um, he, there is a upcoming player event to do with the uh, the novel Premonition that will be coming along soon. So on the on the twenty ninth of April. Um, apparently the whole Lady Kahina storyline is coming to a head and we have to keep an eye out for further announcements. Oh, okay. Interesting. Mm. That in, that's so in-game in game stuff, is it? That's in-game stuff which will go into the final novel. Okay, and where do people have to be in order to ah, enjoy this? Do we not know? We don't know yet. We don't they're know. they're okay. building up hype. Eyes peeled then for in-game activity there. Uh, I've had mm. a message on uh, IRC chat. The, the the app is called Power Grid. So if you install Power Grid to a tablet, you can set up touchscreen buttons that you can use to control your ship in Elite Dangerous, which is very cool. Uh -huh. that's, something I've, that's something I've been meaning to play with because I have a tablet sitting around that doesn't get used all that much. Uh, and I'm thinking of claiming it. I think of claiming it for my setup. <laughs> <laughs> and normally a tablet next to me is is playing Netflix when I when I'm on a long run. But <laughs> <laughs> that's what my second monitor's for. <laughs> Luxury, you people. Will there be a second monitors and your head tracking? Well, no. The the, the proper... I tell you what the second my, I tell what my second monitor is. It's a TV we used to have in the bedroom, which was a combination TV and um, DVD player. And those of you who know your TVs and combination DVD players will know that they are always terrible, and the DVD player in it stopped working. Um, so we we bought a new TV for the bedroom, like a smart one, uh, and and bought a cheap Blu-ray player for it. Um, so I had a spare 1080p TV going. So what I have is a very low quality second display, uh, but it does mean that like when I'm working or when we're doing things like podcasts, it does mean that I've got a little bit of extra real estate on my desktop that I can use to to track things like things like chat and those sorts of things. I still oh, run out there. I still can't monitor my sound output or any of those things. So hopefully I'm still on air. <laughs> That's a big retro leave thing, isn't it? Where we're all going about screen real estate. <laughs> right. We've actually just got a question in game with uh, Commander Baron de Kalb is asking Do we know what the data link scanner is for yet? And yes, yes, we do. So in certain locations that are in beta 2.3, there are certain items that can be that can be scanned. So you go off and you select your data link scanner, which is now a free item that's been added to every single ship. Aren't we lucky? Mm -hmm. And then you have to then you get within, I think it's two hundred meters of the. Oh dear! Someone naughty scanning me. Chris, can you defend me while I'm talking? Um, no, I, I just opened fire on a police ship because I wanted to see what happened. Oh Christ, Chris! <laughs> 
Um, it's only beta Ben carry on. I haven't would, got any money left. I wouldn't have done it in live. I really wouldn't have done it in live, but that was, that was too funny. Uh, so, yeah, we, we've got these scanners, and they're awesome. Um, and you get within a couple of hundred metres or something, and then you can go off and scan it. And you'll yeah. get a wee bit of story and things like that. Oh, so it's a good way of adding plot device in, then. It's a good way of adding plot device in, exactly. So does this Excellent. mean, so are things like the visitor beacons, are they going to require, like, a manual scan now, or is it, are they still going to no, be the discovery scan? We'll still have... Those kind of things are still... Just scan it with your normal scanner and you're right. fine. But there are other things which you can look at, and they don't... They need the... the data link scanner. The data link scanner, yes. Yeah. So is that things like, because at the moment, sometimes when you drop in on a USS, there'll be things like a private <laughs> data store or like a black box or something. Are these things that will then be, you'll have to scan them to get the stuff off them? Or are they still going to work the same way? Do we know that? I is think that also... Is this a new thing or are they changing it? It's a brand new thing. It's a brand new it's thing. A brand right? new thing. Um, now they might go off and collate all these things so that for everything you now just scan with your data link scanner. That, to yeah. me, would make a lot more sense than, okay, well, this um, satellite, effectively, you can just look at and it'll tell you things, whereas this one, you've got to actually set up a link with it to download a little bit of story off it. But that's up to Frontier if you want to be consistent, not whatever. Has, any, has anybody tried the, um, uh, the, the satellites around some of those big installations yet? I've I've tried scanning them and you get little bits of information with a data link scanner. With a data link scanner, yeah. Um, ah, good. I mean, I must admit, I was, I was around the um, government installation in that, and I noticed yeah. there was a couple of belugas there, protest belugas. Pro protest beluga. <laughs> yeah, basically okay. they were f they were flying <clears throat> around the government um, installation, uh, shouting off various protest slogan slogans as they That's went cool. around. And as you scanned them, they said there was a yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a really nice touch. And the, as Steve Kirby said, th these kind of things are going to be expanded on uh, in an up and coming releases and and ongoing content. So and. I think it's just one of these iterative things that they're putting in and, and seeing how it goes. Yeah, yeah totally. That's, so, Ben, yeah, we've, we've had a question yep. from uh, Crowbar in Twitch chat. Is the new data link scanner passive, or do you have to bind it? That's that's about... You've got to bind it. It's a bit like the data link scanner that you have on your SRV. Yeah, this, this right. is so one of the... Very, very similar to that. This is one of these features that I'm kind of torn with with beta because obviously I like to to help Frontier out and to try out the beta and to report bugs and all those sorts of things. But for me, those kind of bits of content, for me, those are a bit like spoilers. Mm -hmm. I like to kind of wait till the game goes live before I kind of delve into those sorts of things. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is that weird? No, that, make, that makes perfect sense. And I know, I know almost exactly where you're coming from there, that there are some... You know, there's helping Frontier out, and then there's getting spoiled, and yeah. you, know, you don't want to, but then you, you know, it's like, okay, well, I'm testing this, and I'm helping debug this, and that means I am now aware that such and such a thing is happening. But yeah. me learning about that and testing that and helping out with that might mean that 
10,000 and 20,000 odd people have a much smoother ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of these things, isn't it? It is tricky. It is tricky. Uh, well, the other yeah. thing, of course, to mention is that, uh, particularly for those of you who are listening internationally, uh, the UK has just gone over to British summertime. Uh, we all set our clocks um, forward an hour, which means that our clocks are no longer in sync with in-game ship time. We are now ship time plus one. Uh, so if you listen to Lave Radio around the world, welcome, welcome on, bienvenue. Uh, and yes, apologies that sometimes when we say it's half past eight, like we say we're going to go live at half past eight, it might not be the same half past eight that it previously was. Um, so just, <laughs> just yes. bear that in mind. Um, yeah, when we say half past eight, we mean half past eight in London, UK. Yeah, I, th- I think I think the other thing that's confusing as well is there are other countries that go to summertime, but they do it a slightly different weekend to us. So they're going to be out of sync with us. I think there's only one other like... country that's like that. Okay, isn't that? I think isn't it only? It's only America that I'm aware of that does it differently. Okay, fine. You know, all of Europe swaps over at the same time. It's it's just, and some places obviously don't swap over at all. Yeah, indeed. indeed. Um, yeah, you know, they're, they're sensible and progressive countries. I, I would say nowadays, but that's possibly a bit controversial, maybe. Yeah, so Space Lenin in Twitch has said, elite time is UTC. UTC doesn't yes. do the whole summer, winter time. That is correct. Um, uh, elite stays at what we in England like to refer to as Greenwich Mean Time, um, but is otherwise referred to as, yes, UTC. Um, so, yeah. There's that. One of the things that I've actually been curious about, one of the things that's not really come up in the game, which I think is, is, is quite a fascinating thing, of course, is that all the ships keep 24-hour clocks. Yes. Um, and obviously Earth is the only planet where that actually makes any sense. Um, I'm qu- I'd be quite interested to... It's one of the things I'd quite like to explore in science fiction at some point, <laughs> is the effect on people of living... of The effect on humans of living in a non-24-hour time cycle. I think it's really I think, interesting. Isn't this something that Alan's actually recently been working on and thinking about? Is it? Uh, I, I believe it is. We're too in sync. We're too in sync. Because it's interesting. It's whether you it's whether you maintain a twenty four hour time pattern regardless of the orbital thing of your your planet you're on. Mm. Whether you say no, it's ten o'clock, so I'm going to be indoors. <laughs> I'm going to turn all the lights off regardless of the fact the sun is overhead, well, or whether you I try know. and adapt to a new way of living. It's interesting. Yeah, I know for a fact that we've got NASA scientists or people working in GPL, and they keep Mars time. Do they? That's interesting. You know, just, so, you know, they, they're working on satellites that are in orbit around Mars, and it is just easier for them in their jobs, not their lives, but in their jobs, that they stick to Mars time, which is about 20-odd minutes faster, 20-odd 20, 20 minutes shorter day than, than on Earth. Is that I, think what they had a, I think it's 20 minutes shorter, isn't it? Is that what they had in The Martian? Because they didn't mention it They did it have days. that in The Martian, yes. They mentioned it in Sols. Is yes. so, it's supposed to be a, is yeah. that supposed to be a Martian day? Uh, might be, don't know. Oh, right, well, fair enough. That's something to look up. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, Dan Wolf in Twitch chat has said that it's an issue that came up in The Expanse, which reminds me, I need to watch more yes. of The Expanse. I'm only about three episodes in. Yep. Um, yeah, but my, my personal favourite one was, of course... As it as it often is with me, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. In one of the <laughs> in one of the later books, Arthur Dent 
finds himself on a planet that he finds perfect to live on and the planet has a 25 hour day cycle which has which he says has the practical result of basically just giving you an extra hour in bed which i think sounds amazing i like that idea it's good isn't it oh, that's something that yeah. douglas adams would really liked because apparently he liked <laughs> his long lions I, yeah. I mean <laughs> i i know fozzer and i have both read the uh the um on a harrington series by david weber and you know they they've obviously they cover this quite a lot that all their different planets have different orbital rotations, different year lengths, different everythings. And basically for them, most militaries work in Earth time, I guess you could say, which they call it a T-year, so a Terran, Terran year. But cool. they, they then basically, you know, in, in their home system, they've got like the Manticoran day, a Sphinxian day, um... Then obviously T years on their own on the ships. And basically they say, Yeah, we've got very, very good time conversion software. Yeah. Awesome. Which makes perfect sense. Uh, I think got, do, yeah. do you know what? Yeah. Considering the trouble we have just on this planet, even maintaining the twenty four hours and three hundred and sixty five and a quarter days that we have uh I it, it does it does worry me. Because I only discovered this thing recently that actually the whole 365.25 thing doesn't even work because there's something like there's like i think every few years there's like an extra eight seconds that we have to make up or something i can't remember the exact details <laughs> yeah mm. something like that yeah it's very bizarre but obviously, yeah but my, my wife works for a company that obviously does a lot of trading around the world and it causes havoc with their computer systems because every few years they decide to claw this eight seconds back or something like that, and it, it breaks all the software. But anyway, yeah, but it just constantly reminds me of that Babylon Five thing that uh, you always feel as if life is treating you as if you're constantly late for an appointment. Yes. <laughs> so again, it's Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. No matter at what speed the body travels, the soul travels at the speed of an Arcturian mega donkey. Well, there you go. Apparently, the, the Terry Pratchett had something similar. He was saying, saying the only thing that that teleports is actual actual royalty, because as soon as one king dies, instantly the other king appears. <laughs> That's brilliant. That is brilliant. Okay, I think we are done here, folks. Are we in agreement, gentlemen? I, I think so. I think I, I think for those so of us who are joining us live, we are going to carry on uh, playing and chatting for a while. Uh, but this marks the end of Lave Radio episode one four eight. Thank you all very much for joining us. Uh, that if you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com. Facebook, uh, we are there forward slash Lave Radio. We are at Lave Radio on Twitter, and you can join our Discord channel by going to tinyurl.com forward slash Lave Chat. Or you can join our TeamSpeak server at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Uh, we're here every Tuesday night at 8.30 UK time. Apologies if that has changed. And streamed out, we are live on laveradio.com forward slash live. And we're usually on twitch.tv forward slash laveradio. I think that is everything. Thank you very much um, for joining uh, us. And uh, Colin. Yes, I'd just like to say, um, at the moment, I am still streaming out at... Uh, 11 o'clock 
every Thursday and every Sunday night for this Crawl to Colonia. So if anybody would like to join me on Twitch while that's happening, uh, feel free. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, otherwise I think I'll be smelling fish, which actually sounds a lot worse than I actually meant. (laughs) Fish! Excellent. Well, until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Galnet News Digest, 28th of March, 3303. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, aliens bring about the rise of the military. Lorraine steals the prototype Metadrive. 29th of April, a quiet day in the galaxy. Aliens bring about the rise of the military. A strange semi-mythical figure known to some as Debobi has given us a glimpse into the future. Speaking to a journalist from something called Official PlayStation, Mr. Debobi, spelt D-B-O-B-E, said that the coming of the aliens will change the galaxy dramatically, with a rise in the power of the military. He implied that many of the certainties we've come to take for granted are going to change forever, and the steady-state galaxy will become very different. Just how Mr. Debobi knows that aliens are coming remains unclear. Just who does he think he is, after all? But he even suggested that the aliens, when they arrive, might cluster around a particular part of the galaxy. Is it possible that these hypothetical aliens could form an alliance with one of the major powers? Mr. Debobi also suggested that it might be possible in the future to have a different sort of cross-play than the sort that the Smiling Dog crew encourage. He foresees a future where commanders using the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4 control systems could become visible to and fly alongside commanders who use more traditional control systems. On balance, the coming of aliens seems more likely. 
Lorraine steals the prototype MetaDrive. In news that will surprise absolutely no one, it's been confirmed that ex-senator and corpse Kahina Tijani Loren is significantly more active than her deceased status would suggest. Loren, also known as Commander Salome, has been identified taking part in the theft of meta-alloys from Darnielle's progress in Maya, along with ex-MetaDrive employee and ex-cadaver Ran Corson and someone believed to be an Alliance operative, Tsu Annabel Singh. It seems likely that Luciano Prestigio Giovanni, also known as Luco, and Hassan Farouk Sharma were also present, although they have not been positively identified. Just what Lorraine, someone with an intimate knowledge of the Metadrive, and an Alliance spy, wanted with meta-alloys remains entirely unfathomable. One of the features MetaDrivers believed to have been working on was a wake suppression system. Does this have any significance? Did Commander Salome and her newfound friends fly off for a rendezvous with Recon Construction in Call 70? What did they find when they got there? Did they steal it? And does the fate of the galaxy now rest in our hands? We can hardly wait to find out. The 29th of April, a quiet day in the galaxy. And we won't have long to wait. Mad Scribbler, Senator Drew Wagar has announced that he will conclude his Annals of the Galaxy, Volume 2, 3301 to 3303, on the 29th of April. By an extraordinary coincidence, this is also the day that Senator Kahina Loren is expected to very quietly and inconspicuously make her way to an Alliance facility, possibly in the California Nebula, possibly in Alioth, to make her report. Loren is known to hate a fuss, and in any case is likely to be especially cautious as the Empire has placed modest bounties on her and her companions, and because the People's Princess, Ashling Duval, has called Loren a disgrace, and has urged that justice be done. Justice in this case is anticipated to be delivered as a burst of railgun and laser cannon fire, in the highly unlikely event that anyone manages to detect Loren's wake-suppressed ship. The fate of the galaxy, and of Senator Wagar's ability to write a sequel, does indeed rest upon the actions of commanders. We know we can trust them to make the right decision. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to.